Hello, plant and fungi fans out there. It's Sid Harvey Griffith from Permatours, a nonprofit that brings people together to exchange skills and knowledge through permaculture action and natural building focus events that support biodiversity, personal growth, and the resilience of local communities. Today, I am at Maine Fungi Fest 2023, a gathering to celebrate all things fungi, plant-based healing, and evolving consciousness. I have the great pleasure of interviewing some of the event's awesome speakers, educators, vendors, and participants. So let's kick it off. I'll turn it over to you, our guest, to introduce yourself, and then we'll begin our interview. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Bruce King. I am the co-executive director of Maine Inside Out. I'm a commissioner on the Permanent Commission on the Status of Racial, Indigenous, and Tribal Populations for Maine. Uh, board member of MindBridge, as well as Maine Equal Justice. Awesome, Bruce. Thanks for the intro. Can you share with me, how has it been going at Maine Fungi Fest so far? It's been great. Um, this morning was on a panel and uh, just finished up a workshop just now. And, you know, the, the reception's been incredible in terms of just people engaging and really wanting to, you know, listen to different ideas, engage themselves. Um, and participate as much as possible. So I think for me that's that's really key when you have other people who are hopping in themselves. Absolutely. Can you expand on what you're offering at Maine Fungi Fest? Um, so part of my story is that I'm an individual who was incarcerated um, in my 20s for um, trafficking cocaine specifically. And um, at this point, I'm 44, so I'm many years away from that. But having been through that experience, a big part of my day-to-day -day work is to try to advocate for uh, systems change, um, criminal justice reform, legalization for of uh, you know end to the drug war, all of those sorts of things. So um, today, I was on a panel around uh, body autonomy, and so just recognizing that there are. Um, there, these are issues that have to do with how do we view the self, how do we view um, the freedom of the individual uh, versus the collective needs of the public uh, and safety, and is, this, is the drug war really about public safety, asking those questions and asking if it's the right policy moves. Um, so that was a really compelling um, group to be a part of. And then also this afternoon, I did a workshop on uh, restorative justice and as it exists now, and also looking at potential for um, psychedelics to create better outcomes in terms of that, perhaps facilitate some processes. Um, so yeah, those are, that's what I've done so far. Wow, super interesting topics to be covering, and thanks so much for sharing your story with us as well. What are you hoping to take away from your experience here at Maine Fungi Fest? I've made some great connections already, just other individuals who are interested in the topics, um, some people who are involved in the work, some people who aren't. You know, I think that, you know, just if you want to engage um, systems change and those things that I'm discussing, you can't just network with people who are also doing the work. You have to change the minds of uh, the general public, engage the general public, and engage people who are interested in your causes. So. Um, that's already happened. Uh, I've gotten some great education from other people. Um, the panel I, I, that I was on, I took a lot away from myself. Um, and I think really that's, you know, those are, those are the biggest components. Um, I am interested in, in cultivation and, and things of that nature, but that's not really my central focus. So getting to learn a little bit about that, even though it's out of my wheelhouse, has been really cool as well. 
Sweet. So speaking of your focus areas, specifically restorative justice, can you share with me what that means to you? And can you speak to the work that you're doing in that area? Um, you know, I mean, there's kind of a traditional idea of what the process is. Uh, you know, it's a way to address harms and, you know, it's being utilized right now in certain ways to alleviate some of the tensions in the criminal justice system, um, you know, and that we're exploring how it can be used not only in that field, but also in fields outside of criminal justice, maybe even looking at other um, issues such as uh, medical justice, um, housing justice, conflict resolution, things of all levels. So, you know, I think the practice itself is one that really just says our communities have our solutions within them. Um, and we can do, we can address harms in a way that doesn't alienate individuals, minimize individuals and put them into isolation, which is really what the current criminal justice system does. Oh, wow, I love hearing that that belief that our communities have the solutions, that together we can come up with the systems and avenues for dealing with conflict because we know what our communities need. I love that. What do you imagine the world would look like, Bruce, if we embraced systems like restorative justice at a mass scale? I think we would become more whole humans. Um, you know, one thing that having something such as a criminal justice system does is it creates a, a siloed entity that is supposed to address wrongdoings. And thus, we don't, we don't address the wrongdoings ourselves. Um, you know, one thing that I said on the panel that, I, that really for me, I didn't know I was gonna say it, and now that I've said it, I'm like, oh, that makes a lot of sense, is that our current society really has developed us into you know, kind of streamlined individuals. We're very mechanized, we, you know, we, know how to do one thing most of us have a job and we go to that job and we're really good at that and maybe we spend our whole lives doing that and um and because of that we don't learn other things we don't learn how to be wholly human like you know we don't learn how to do conflict resolution we assume that the police are going to do that for us or we sue somebody if they infringe on our rights rather than you know recognizing that we have the ability within ourselves and within in our community to um to address those things. So I think, you know, it'd be amazing to live in a world where each individual contained a realization that they can, that they can do a little bit of everything. Um, yeah, I just think we've become so hyper, um, you know, specialized that we've kind of lost the array of possibility of what we can be. Wow. So true. That resonates a lot. So speaking of conflict, can you speak to the conflict resolution method or process that you lean on, that you educate on? Well, actually, I mean, the organization um, that, that I, I'm co-director of, we're actually a theater organization. We utilize theater with the press to, um, to work, uh, to, to create discourse and change power dynamics and create a different way of being. Um, so that's, you know, that in itself is not as direct as some people who are restorative justice practitioners. Um, you know, within our organization, we do have, we do do circles if there's tensions within the group and we try to find different alternatives to um, harm that occurs and things of that nature. Um, but, you know, I think also being part of, you know, 
furthering legislation. One thing that's going to be coming out of the Permanent Commission's office coming soon is our report that we were mandated to do. There was a bill that actually um, was passed by the legislature for us to study restorative practices and what are the possibilities. And so that's going to be coming out very soon out of our office. So, you know, hoping to further that and, you know, create some funding, get some money out of, it, out of not only the government, but out of other entities that are interested. And, you know, this is the kind of thing that can also be brought, you know, to the private sector. You know, you could have situations that come up where, you know, a person may be fired or there may be a way to keep a good employee and God knows with the labor shortage as it is, that's a possibility. You know, that's one of many, many possibilities, you know, keeping kids from being suspended from school by being able to address their harms and actually they come out of it better, relationships become stronger and communities start to realize that our intersection is, is where harms happen. It's not just about one individual doing something, it's also about all the other components that have fed into situations that, that arise. You know, one thing that I've point out is that one of the biggest culprits of of uh, wrong of harm is is very you know is very rarely just the individual it's it's very often poverty it's very often you know trauma it's very often situations that have driven the individual into a state where they need help and so they take matters into their own hands so I think just having that recognition is something that I would really like to see imbued into the practice as it exists, and it is something that is on the table. So furthering those discussions, I think, is is um, really possible with the work that my organization's doing, other organizations are doing, other affiliations that I have, affiliations that I don't have. You know, I'm loving the shift that I'm seeing happening in, in my field. That's super encouraging to hear, and the theater of the oppressed sounds like a awesome avenue for learning different ways of, of navigating and, and dealing with conflict. What advice would you give to someone who wants to practice conflict resolution? I mean, I think it would depend on the harm. Uh, you know, different harm requires different interventions. Um, but I think that that in itself is probably the answer. It's not to, we don't, we shouldn't be painting with a broad stroke. Um, you know, and I think that's one of the big problems with our current criminal justice system is that Pretty much all issues are dealt with through the same process and recognizing that that it doesn't have to be like that you know if if a, if there's one situation where an individual is raped that is going to require a very different intervention than you know something if if there's graffiti or if there's or if there's you know if somebody get got punched in the face or something like that like these are different situations and having the same system that limits the possibility of um, intervention in itself is probably one of the most detrimental um, attributes of our current system. So if somebody's new to conflict resolution, I'd say, look at what the conflict is and figure out how to do it. You can be creative. And I think that's the other thing that is possible with, um, with restorative and transformative practices is that we can actually find ways to, to get creative around how to solve problems. And we're creative beings. Um, you know, to tie it to kind of this entire weekend, you know, we're talking about, you know, being creative. We're talking about accessing creativity. We're talking about a plant, or not even a plant, because it's not really a plant, but we're talking about fungi that is creative in the way that it adapts to the world. It is one of the most adaptive life forms on this planet. So, and, and so are we. And so, you know, I think it, they can help us through, you know, the actual consumption of it and whether it's it's food or otherwise 
and it, they can also change the way that we view our approach to the world. They can really teach us how to adapt. I think adaptation is one of the biggest components of, of everything that this weekend you know, evokes. Oh yeah, all about the adapting for sure. And your answer regarding different conflict requiring different ways of handling and resolving, that makes so much sense. So as far as criminal justice reform goes, how would you guide someone who wants to get involved in that specifically? Well, I'd say the first is to really educate yourself. Um, you know, try to you know pick up books, engage, engage web web forums, whatever. Um, you know, I think that's a, a huge component. Um, you know, most people when they want to get involved in something, they're the first place that they go is the legislative process, and I don't think that that's wrong. I spend a lot of time working in that in that component, but there are other ways to do it, and there are ways that are just as effective, if not more. Um, and once again, going to creativity because that allows us to communicate. Creativity allows us to express ourselves and allows us to change minds. Um, you know, if, if there's one drum that I beat regularly is that you can legislate all you want, but if the if public perception remains in a certain direction, that legislation is toothless. It's unlikely to get funded. Uh, you know, when it gets to appropriations, and even if it does, you know, people aren't going to act in accordance with it if they're not adopting you know, the ethos around it. So I think, you know, one of the big things is educate yourself to the point where you can have conversations to change people's minds. Um, you know, get get to that point. And then there are definitely legislative bodies that I, uh, uh, lobbying bodies out there that I'll uh, give a shout out to. Um, Maine Prisoner Advocacy Coalition is uh, here in Maine. Um, uh, Maine Youth Justice is an organization that I'm, I'm uh, you know, loosely affiliated with. Um, Maine Prisoner Reentry Network's an amazing organization that is helping people um, post-release. And then on the national level, there's so many amazing uh, organizations that are doing great work. Um, you know, I, I, I could mention all of them, you know, so, um, Southern Poverty Law Center, as well as um, uh, ACLU. Um, you know, there's just, there's so many to name out there, but I'd say if you want to get involved, those entities are always looking for support and we're always looking for funding because this stuff does cost money. But um, I think just self-education and changing the way that we converse around these issues and being intelligent enough to do so and educated enough to do so is really the first place to start. Great. Thank you, Bruce. So how can people connect with you or learn more from you? Where can they go online? Um, check out, uh, you know, maininsideout.com. Uh, .org. We're not in any way affiliated with uh, psychedelics, but we, if you want to look at learn a, our modality, which is Theater of the Oppressed, uh, we have some events coming up. We have a Juneteenth event coming up in Kennedy Park in Lewiston. Um, so that's a great way to connect with us. Um, I don't remember the website off the top of my head for the Permanent Commission, but we are looking to address disparities along all, um, all lines, including tribal sovereignty. Uh, within the state, so that's you know that's another way to kind of learn about what we're doing over there. Can't say enough great things about MindBridge, um, and I don't remember MindBridge's website either because it's slightly different. There's there's another MindBridge that will also come up, but if you Google us, MindBridge Maine, you'll find us, and we're an organization that uses neuroscience to um, improve outcomes for human rights defenders. 
And so it really enhances all of the work, understanding the brain through MRI research, um, implicit bias training, all sorts of different, um, different ways to understand what's going on in the world in terms of what happens in our brains and how we create certain outcomes. Beautiful, awesome info there, thank you. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we wrap it up? No, it was just a great weekend and I'm really honored that I was asked to speak and uh, I look forward to getting to hear some of the other presenters and you know, I strongly recommend that people come out and check it out. Awesome, Bruce. Well, thank you so much for your time today, for interviewing with me and Permatours, and for the amazing work you're doing in the world and for bringing it here to Maine Fungi Fest. So much gratitude.